Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Listen In Podcast with your host, Sean and Jake. We are the only music podcast by music listeners for music listeners. That we are, Sean. I, I appreciate the level of class you brought to this this intro with ladies and gentlemen. Thank Very, you. Yeah, yeah, nice, yeah. yeah. Nice I like touch. to class it up, obviously. Uh, on today's episode, <laughs> as it's plain to see, <laughs> as I'm wearing like gym shorts, a sweaty t-shirt, and like haven't combed my hair in days. Hey, you go, it, but it, it, there you are, man. That's yeah, all right. Just shove a hat on. Living life. Anyways, on today's episode, listeners, we are going to be talking about the new Justin Vernon and Aaron Dessner collaboration, Big Red Machine. New Wild Nothing album, along with a few other curiosities from the music world. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Jake. Yes, sir. Let's dive in with our first discussion piece, our first hot thought here. Uh, we had a new album from Justin Vernon and Aaron Dessner titled Big Red Machine. Uh, it's the name of the group that they have formed together. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I don't quite know how this came about. However, I. It feels like Aaron and Justin, they kind of travel in the same circles, know a lot of the same people. Yeah. Uh, I believe they've done some unofficial collaborations before, seem to be friends. This Big Red Machine project feels like them taking a breath and releasing maybe some of the ideas that they've had floating around that didn't make it onto Bon Iver or national albums yeah and they've just been like hey let's throw this out there it'll be kind of low stakes and we can get back to our main projects after the fact yeah it feels to me like a a somewhat lower stakes entry sort of from both of them um and that yeah it's it's sort of a collaboration between a couple of of friends who are you know both creative both very you know musically talented and we're like hey let's put this thing out Mm -hmm. there I, i gotta say i mean i i've been sort of it's been a quieter music week and yeah. I, i've been going back to it like I, I i enjoy listening to this album like I, I can't say that it's a classic i can't say that i think it, it it blows me away but it's sort of like what you were talking about with um the the sort of the wild pink album a couple months ago mm-hmm. or a month ago now where you were saying it's just nice to have on yeah that's sort of yeah. what i feel with the with the big red machine yeah. album like i i think there are Definitely highlights, but to be honest with you, I've spent most of my time listening to this just as a through track listing, and just as like kind of taking in the environment of yep. the, the song and of the, the and the music, and um, I think what it is, man, is like I love the National and I love Bon Iver so much and Justin Vernon so much that like anything that involves the textures that they use, mm-hmm. the types of instrumentation they do, Justin Vernon's voice. Um, you know, just the way they go about making music is very my style. It's something I'm always going to enjoy. So this is something that is appealing to me, and I, I've been going back to it. Yeah, so I, I feel actually all the same things as you do about it, rather than just agreeing and moving on. I, I'm going to play devil's advocate here sure. and just be like, if you want those textures or those sounds, or if you want to listen to what these guys are good at, wouldn't you just listen to Bon Iver or The National? Because I think... What you could say is, well, this is nice to have on, and there's some nice textures, there's some some nice arrangements here. I don't know if there's anything that's, like, blowing me away from it, which is kind of to be expected from a project like this or a release like this. So I'll answer your question 
with, with a, a question. With a question. <laughs> yeah. And with an answer, which is okay. Like, my answer is like, yeah, sure. Yeah. But like, I'm not always in the mood to listen to one of those albums I've listened to a hundred thousand times. That's true. And it's nice to have something new and just sort of different on that I'm like starting to get used to. And also, my question is like, why is that the assumption, and why is it so often right with these collaborations? That that it, it like you, you said it last week, and we both kind of acknowledged that like we had a feeling this would be kind of low stakes. It's not going to be anything crazy. Feels like kind of a tossed off thing. Like there will probably be some cool ideas in there, yeah. maybe some tracks to throw on a playlist. It'll be pleasant to listen to, yep. but it's not going to be a classic. We're not going to be calling Big Red Machine a classic. Why is that? Like, what what do you think that is? Well. I think because in theory, like Justin Vernon, Aaron Dessner, like come on, like do you think? I know. Well, okay, I think it's a couple of things. One is why wouldn't these guys be saving their best stuff for their flagship yeah. bands? Right. True. Because they just would, you know. Um, two is I've read in like some passing articles and things that this was coming and that it was more of a kind of odds and ends ideas type of thing where yeah. I think I think it was Aaron specifically was like yeah we w- I want to release music and not worry about you know it being in an album cycle or it being the, like held as this standard that I need to like meet the national and Justin Vernon seem to be really in lockstep with that with that mentality yeah and I think for that reason um, they make good bedfellows, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> to use it, to yeah, use it, a phrase that is hilarious and oh, stupid. Oh man! Like I, that's they, they. I mean, they've been running in the same crowds together for a while, really. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing clips back on the High Violet circuit when when he when Justin Vernon joined them on stage right. and saying like Vanderlyle, right? And right. like and, and Sufjan Stevens is another one, right? That is, yeah, and and you know this kind of reminds me of that. Uh, it was like that Planetarium release that came out last year. I think it was. I don't know if it was both the Desert Brothers, but it was Sufjan and it was a few other dudes. I was like, oh, this this could be really cool. It's like this album about like the planets or like the galaxy or whatever. Right. And again, there was some interesting things. It sounded very pretty. It just didn't stick with me in any way. And I. I don't know. I think they've set the precedent of we're going to release music through other channels or through other names and it's going to be a little bit lesser. It's going to be not as much pressure or we're not going to worry about it being perfect. Like you look at um, Justin's work with Volcano Choir. Yep. Um, yep. You know, that first album is, you know, nothing nothing to write home about really. I do love um, that second one he put out though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Repave in 2013 but uh, the first one which is called Unmap uh, came out in 2009 nine songs 35 minutes you know not a whole lot there in terms of like quality stuff I want to latch on to sure. I do go back and, and I listen to Repave a lot I think that's like really good stuff I think Justin was in a zone around that time like that's right after Bonnie Bear Bonnie Bear came out right. uh, I think he had taken a step in terms of like notoriety and things like that so you know Volcano Choir though is even a little bit lesser than Bonnie Bear oh yeah is. for sure and this feels like maybe even a little bit lesser than Volcano Choir yeah in my final thought Jake on why this isn't as good as what their flagship releases are 
is because when you get two guys like this together making music, and you probably know better than I, it's hard to collaborate. And unless you're in a band and really like kind of going for it together, I think there's a tendency to not step on anybody's toes and not challenge ideas as much or not not make it perfection and just be like, hey, it's good enough. We're having fun together. Let's just put it out. I would think that that's a, a factor here, yeah, for sure, because like they're not, you know, Justin's not in the national. He's not someone who Aaron is probably used to collaborating with. And like, I mean, from all the description of, descriptions I've ever heard about the national working in the studio, they're, they're productive, their their process it sounds like they can. They have kind of sometimes a hard time working yes. together because they get so passionate yep. and and can get angry and like heated about stuff. Yeah, I imagine that this is one of those things where it's like it was a little more laid back and probably more fun to make. Oh, I'm sure. But as yeah. a result, like but it's maybe. it's maybe not it's not right. like this work of of sort of mass yeah masterwork yeah. or whatever. But again, I mean, I stand by the fact that I have been enjoying having it on and listening to it and it, 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 there's a lot of like there's cool ideas here it's worth giving a listen if you like either of these bands do you have uh, a couple favorites um uh, i don't Favorite know man like, I, I feel like i like the like, the first couple deep green gratitude i like um other than that though i i would have to listen to it to remember the moments yeah. i don't remember the names of any the of one them, i really yeah. like is the second to last track i won't run from it that is the one that sounds most just like... Is it the one where he's kind of screaming a little bit? Uh, I think that might be the last one, Melt. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, But I Won't run, run From It sounds like something that could have been on a Volcano Choir or Bonnie Iver album where it's just Justin Vernon. You know, Justin Vernon <laughs> says, like, absolute nonsense for lyrics sometimes. Yep. And this song, I Won't Run From It, is kind of like uh, a meditation on just, like, crazy Justin Vernon lyrics. Like, dude, I don't know, man. Like, for some people, that doesn't do anything for them. I love that shit. Oh, no, I I, I like it. I, I know think it, it's, like, kind of funny. But, like, the way funny. he sings, though, just sounds good. And he strings these phrases and words together. I'm like, that just sounds good. That sounds It does. Cool, it sounds you know? cool. It doesn't and have like, to mean anything. I, I've always liked that about yeah. him. I know you're not criticizing him. I just, I'm just trying to say, like... That that type of lyrical like lyrical work, always, like honestly, sometimes is better for me. Yeah, yeah. It depends on the thing. Like if no, I'm listening I, to I, Father John Misty, right? I know what I'm in for, right? But like, there's certain bands where it's like I don't need this to be. You yeah, know, like I don't need to explicate this poetry. This. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes you know, it's just I, I nice to have like a, a tone poem yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, like absolutely. you're going for a vibe, you're going for a general aesthetic and an yep. idea. This sets that tone. Yep, that type of thing. How about this Wild Nothing album, Chuck? Yeah, so we got a new Wild Nothing album from uh, Jack Tatum. Great name. Awesome name. By Sounds the like way. a football player. Sounds like a safety. It does. Yeah, it does. Sounds like it he played does. free safety for the fucking the Raiders in the 70s. So, Wild Nothing kind of came about in the early 2010s when, like, that dream pop. Uh, yeah. kind of shoegaze thing was really taking off. You know, the beach houses of the world, beach fossils, dive. dive. Basically, anyone who had anything to do with a beach in their name beach, or in yeah. any way sounded aquatic, yeah. um, like, that was a, a vibe in the early two, 2010s. It was a big trend, and during that time, Jack Tatum of Wild Nothing put out Gemini and Nocturne. Which, which we both were all in on. Yeah. I, I remember... Uh, 2012, that came out um, in the fall of that year. And that was a big, big record for that fall. It was. And Nocturne's my personal favorite. And we talked before yeah. about how with Life of Paws and with some of the EPs that have come out since, 
it it felt like perhaps diminishing returns or like he's sort of adrift a little bit. Well, I think it's hard to continue with that vibe when you're like, so, okay, I've nailed this dream pop sound. I think we've seen it with a lot of other artists who the Beach House being one of them this year. If you keep hitting on that same vibe, that same sound, it's like, okay, you know, maybe I'll just keep listening to your older stuff. So my recollection was that, and I could be wrong, with with like the Empty Estate EP that he yeah. put out or that album and Life of Pause, he had moved into a little bit more of a cleanly produced, definitely sort of almost more eighties ish yeah. vibe. Yeah, Life of Pause especially. That's what Life, I thought. Life of Pause was a tough album. Like it's it's not bad. It's definitely not bad. No, it, I put some time in with it. I was like, you know what? There's some good stuff here. It's just not what I necessarily want out of like a Wild Nothing record. And that's th- therein lies the issue, Jake. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't when right. it comes to switching things up. Because your core audience or the people who grew to love you for that one sound are going to you know, be- bristle at a new, more cleanly produced record and are just going to want the old stuff. However, if you keep doing the old stuff, they're going to be like, well, this isn't as good as the first couple. Which, that sort of leads me into my point about Indigo, which is I've, I've listened to it once, and I found that it sounds more akin to the earlier Wild Nothing stuff. I agree. And for that reason alone, I was like, oh, I hey. was surprised at how much I like this album, actually. So I've, I've listened only once uh, Me yet. too. But, I, like, but that first track, Letting Go. Awesome. Sounds like a more cleanly produced, uh, like live in dreams or um, like chat or something else you'd you'd hear on on one of those first two albums. But it has this bigger, brighter sound to it. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is this is really good. And the thing you got to hand to uh, Jack Tatum for sure is that he can write a hook. Yep, he has a, a definite ear for melody and like the production always sounds really nice on these albums. It always has that sort of. Or maybe not always, but what I should say is that what this album has that I am looking for in Wild Nothing is some of that dreamy, sort of hazy yeah. vibe. Yeah, that was missing on Life of Pause. Because yeah. what I've found is that of the bands that do this, at their best, Wild Nothing is one of my very favorites. Yes. Nocturne, Gemini, like, yes. I, I like those up there with any of the dive stuff that came out. Yep. Um, you know, I, I didn't get into early Beach Fossils that much, but I like it, you know, that, that most recent one that I really liked. Like, yeah. You know, up there with Beach House, that kind of stuff. Like I, I always was really into those yeah. two records and really got into a groove with them, and sort of fell off. I feel like with Indigo, it, I'm, I'm sort of of two minds about it. The cynical read is, I'm playing right into the hands of someone who probably was like, all right, I'm just going to give them yeah. what the fans want. But it's like, also, you know, maybe these are really good songs, and maybe I shouldn't be as cynical as that and say like, because I had the thought today listening like. Some of these tones on here are exactly like the guitar tones or keyboard tones or whatever that I remember hearing on those early records. Yep. I both love it, but I also like can't stop my brain from being going to a cynical place with it and being yeah. like, this is like manufactured. I know what you mean. Which and is I, fucked. It's fucked. I think I think that can I'm end, fucked up. Oh yeah, we both are. And I think that can end up happening with literally any artist that puts out more right. than three albums. You're like, okay, you know, we're looking for the patterns. You're like, we've had so many conversations with our friends who are huge Interpol fans about yeah. Marauder and what their thoughts on it are and how it sounds compared to other albums. And I think you get to a point, especially with an Interpol, where it's just like, what else are we going to do? You know what we are. 
Yeah. Here's what, if you're on board, that's the thing about Wild Nothing. If you're not on board by this point, you're not going to be on board with Wild Nothing. Yeah. So, you know, Indigo, it's solid. It's good. I like it. It's a cool album name. It is cool. I've always loved the word Indigo. It is cool. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know that Jack's going to be getting any new fans from this. No, probably not, because unfortunately, and again, to go back to kind of the business and like, again, sort of cynical side of it, he's past the point at which he's going to be getting, he's not a buzz act anymore. It's fucked up because he... The music industry kind of milks these acts, yeah. these musicians for the few minutes of like a story yep. and of the, the moment they're interesting, and the second they don't click and become like a hot legacy act and someone who really matters yep. if that doesn't quite oh, happen you're in this no man's land you're gonna fall off where it's like you have that core audience that stayed with you during from the like after the buzz but it's not nearly as much as it maybe was it's it's a little bit of a bummer and i think we see that a lot like dude that trevor powers album we were talking about that's like another one i so you I, know I, youth lagoon in general i think is like kind of another one like that about that album i did listen again i okay. went back to the trevor powers record okay. and uh still definitely like it again it's not something that like i'm itching to go back no to. no and i don't think it's meant to be because didn't yeah, you mention it's kind it was kind of like an exercise well i think he he referenced being inspired by art and like trying right. to capture Excuse me. Sort of the essence of art in sound. Okay. I think that was part of it. That was one excerpt of one thing I read, so it might not be the full story. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So this Wild Nothing album, I'm definitely going to return to I'm it. I'm going to go back. I, I'm definitely going to. A handful of times yeah, because sure. it, it grabbed me more than some of the more uh, more recent Wild Nothing stuff has. Same. Same. Uh, this next... We have, we have a, a couple quick ones to get to here, Jake. Um, this new album uh, from a band called Alien Boy. It's called Sleeping Lessons. I saw this uh, on the Alternative website and their Twitter. They were plugging this a, a bit. and uh, I saw it on your Spotify. Hey, oh, there you go. I'm a tastemaker. <laughs> right. Uh, and I For think me. Stephen Hyden might have had a song or two on his Best Songs of August playlist. Hmm. So I was like, okay, enough people are talking about this where I should probably check it out. It's only 10 songs, 34 minutes. It's right in that kind of like pop punk sort of emo mixed with uh some some lo-fi uh you mentioned some like some kind of shoegazy stuff i, I felt as though it had some some sort of shoegaze dream yeah. pop elements it does it. oh it does yeah for sure um so I, I went into this with almost like no expectations and the first two songs in particular really grabbed me um that first song somewhere without me i yeah. thought was awesome yeah um and the rest like i i i think it you know, it's pretty consistent throughout. I, I've listened to this twice now, and I've enjoyed both listens a, a lot. And I've listened to those first couple tracks uh, a few times. So if you're into that kind of sound that we just described, I would say it's definitely worth checking out. Especially, you know, since it's been a quiet music week. If you're looking for yeah. something to, to to listen to. That's um, where I'm at with it, where I feel like... Um... It, it's it's a solid sort of vibe record. Yeah, I, I like this track name too. Only posers fall in love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very. It has that vibe of like. I don't know how. I don't know many details about this band, but if no, I were to guess, I. I would say these guys are like early twenties. Yeah, uh, like ba just based on some of the subject matter and you know what the sound kind of is. It. it um, I don't want to call it, it, it doesn't sound immature. I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean 
it speaks to it, some of those feelings you would have at, in your early 20s, late teens, I yeah. think. Yeah, there's, um, there's a certain... You'll really relate to it if if that's your kind of age group. Yeah, there's a certain naive, naivete sure. going on there. But it works, but it's yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah so it, I, I did like that. I, I, I enjoyed it on, on a one listen as well. I'm going to go back to it. I like the... Uh, I, I mean, again, this is not a huge deal. I really like this album art. I do on this too. Thing. Yeah. Um, the sleeping lessons being like kind of this hazy, like font in the middle, and then yeah. the double picture of the the person in bed. Yeah. It's a cool album cover, cool whole like thing they've got going. This is something I'm going to keep my eye on and keep yeah. and keep coming back to. Definitely. I, I definitely enjoyed the overall feel of this. Speaking, Sean, of of artists who are just getting their start and are in their you know, they're sort of younger years and are not yet established. Yeah. Uh, Tom York. Oh, of, yes, of, yes. Of Radiohead. Never heard of him. No, they're sort of a new indie thing. Um, he released a solo track called Suspirium. Because, of, co- of course, this is the name of the new Tom York track. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Suspirium. If it weren't called that, I would have been surprised. And I've never heard <laughs> that word before. But if it... Like, I, it no, because I think... He makes words up sometimes. I think he does. So this is a this is a piano based little sort of ballad uh, from Tom York. Um, he's doing kind of a waltzy time thing with um, it, very bright sounding piano and that lilting sort of Tom York melodic sense that he has going. Uh, this is like wheelhouse fucking yeah. That this, sound. This is like know? this is like Tom on his. Uh, True Love Waits, Codex, shit, Pyramid Song, shit. Yep. Like, yep. Uh, but a little brighter, I'll say. Yes. I feel like it's a little brighter. Now, I think this was written and recorded for a movie or a TV show. Okay, interesting. Because I was gonna say, it, I think you're, I think you're right. Actually, I think I did hear that. Um, it's interesting, Jake, because I was gonna ask you if you would listen to any other Tom York solo stuff. Like, The Eraser is supposed to be really good. That came out in 2006. Uh, I have not listened. I haven't either, and I've never. I want to. I do too, and I've, I don't think it was on Spotify for a while. I have also never listened to any Adams for Peace. No, I haven't either. And it's like, and it's, sometimes I have these realizations where I'm like, it happened a few years ago with Paul McCartney, where I was like, why haven't I just listened to his solo stuff? I know it's all there, and I love the Beatles. You know what it is? It's like there's a there's a block there with uh, with artists who I love, who go on to do solo things. Like, I love Radiohead. Yeah. I want to, like, always separate, like, Radiohead and, like, Tom York stuff. I'm just like, ah, I like Radiohead. I, even though I know I would like yeah. Tom York stuff, I'm just like, nope, it's different, and I don't want to. It's sort of the same with, like, Animal Collective stuff, more so with, like, A.V. Tear. Yeah. Solo, I'm like, nope, got, only want to listen to the Animal Collective things. But it doesn't work that way with Panda Bear. It's weird. It's, it's always to, been that way with him. It's it's tough to sort of predict that stuff. I think with Tom York, I just have the fear that it won't be as essential, and it, it will somehow like reveal a chink in the armor or yeah. something. Um, I, yes, yeah, that's part of it. Do you know I don't I mean? want the myth of Tom York's genius to be damaged, damaged in, any, in way. any way. Yeah, by yeah, a, exactly. by, by a, that's a great. That's a that's exactly what it is. By a merely passable record. Um, so yeah, this song Suspirium's cool, and it just made me like feel things that I feel when I'm listening to, you know, really nice on the more melodic side, on the brighter side, Radiohead. Yeah. Um, and I, like again, this is just there's not even that much to say about this. No, because there's not. But he he's he's delivering on it. It got some attention, which it, got the best new track. It got a best new track. It it got some attention in the music press, which which Tom York solo stuff doesn't always get positive no, attention. Right. Um. 
in the same way that Radiohead usually garners. So that yeah. was cool to see. Um, so uh, th- it was exciting to see see him back in action a little bit. The last thing I was going to say is my only experience with Tom York solo stuff. I believe he had a song in the on the New Moon soundtrack, Twilight New Moon soundtrack, which was actually really good. I'm sure it there was. There was a Death Cab song on there. I think they had like a Florence and the Machine song on there. Dude, it's because Tom York is a genius. Yeah. It was good. It was like, oh, this is an awesome song. So Tom that York's is my brilliant. experience with uh, Tom York's solo stuff. So this is what it is. It's from a movie, Luca something, Guada, I can barely read it on the album cover, but it's a movie called Sus- Suspiria. So okay. this is a song from that. I think he oh, might have okay. done, I think he might have done an album for it. Or like, <laughs> a oh, collection so of tracks. So there's more to come. I think that might be the case. Okay. So that would be cool. Yeah, so <laughs> I just Googled the, the New Moon soundtrack. Hearing Damage was the song, the Tom York song. That was really good. Then Meet Me on the Equinox was the Death Cab for Cutie song. Um, that was really good. They also had... Oh, they had a St. Vincent Bonnie Vare collaboration on there. Oh, damn. They had a Muse song, a Killer song, Licky Lee was on there. See, like, that's the thing. Okay, I'm, go. I, I never got into those movies or really saw it. Actually, the only one I saw... Dude, there's a Grizzly Bear, Victoria Legrand from Beach House collab, too, called it, Slow it, Life. That's this, I need to, like, listen to the New Moon soundtrack. That's, it's uh, the, the salad days of that kind <laughs> yes, of indie dude, rock. seriously. That doesn't happen anymore. No, and, it, and when it does, it doesn't get the same attention no. it once did. Um, wow, that was... That was like a blockbuster movie, New Moon, and that was their soundtrack. That's well, really dude, fucking that's, cool. that was always the thing with Twilight was, to their credit, they had pretty good soundtracks. Yeah, they had uh, 15 Step on the, Twilight turned 15 Step into, like, a very popular song. That song got played at, like, the Grammys or some shit. I remember seeing that in high school. I remember when we watched Channel One News in high school and, on the like, during Homeroom. And I remember, I think it was, uh, must have been sophomore year, junior year. And up on the on the screen, I remember seeing them showing highlights of, of Tom York, like, dancing at the Grammys or at yeah. some award show with this full band playing 15 Step and being like, damn, that's awesome. Like, that song is blown up. That's really cool. Interesting note here, Jake, and I did not think we'd be going deep on the uh, intricacies of the Twilight series I'm soundtrack. Here for it, dude. So, 15 Step. Uh, the first song of the ending credits, not included on the soundtrack. Okay, interesting. Um, I've not seen. Okay, I've I don't seen know why, but any of those movies except Breaking Dawn Part One. <laughs> Weird. And I think that that is probably the funniest one you could have seen. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, and, it and is. I gotta say, man, like even as someone who I went in, I tried to be charitable. That movie is bad. Bad. That's what I heard. I had seen up to Eclipse, I think. Did you like any of them at all? Uh, the Trust first, Tree. The first Trust one tree. is, like, okay. The next one is not very good. And the, I think Eclipse is the third one, yeah. was almost unintelligible and very bad. That's how I felt about Breaking Dawn Part yeah. 1, man. And, I, I mean, again... It's not totally fair because I had not seen the three movies to true, precede it. True, true. And it also it was had the failings of a movie that's the first half of a story. Yeah, yeah. But that being said, it was just like they... It was just Bella and... What was his name? Edward? Yes. Went to a fucking cabin. Right. And just like had sex and broke the bed. And then she's okay. pregnant. It was just like creepy and That stupid. was like the movie? Like the whole movie. Really? It sucked. Jesus. Dude. It's like a bottle episode. 
Kind of. Like, most of the time they were at this cabin. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, speaking of cabins. Yeah. Eh, not really speaking of cabins. Um, how about this uh, this super group, Sean? This collaboration going yeah. on here between Julian Baker, Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus. Um, they're calling it Boy Genius. One word. Um, I love that. All lowercase. I, I really like that. Yeah. I like it, too. I like the album art. And so... I don't know if you've had the chance to listen to these tracks yet. The they've released three singles. Um, I have. I have been able to listen. They're all like pretty good. They're all pretty good. Me and my dog, which is lead vocals from Phoebe Bridgers. Yep. Bite the hand. Lucy Dacus takes lead on that one. Stay down. Julian Baker. Yep. Um, so they're all cool songs, and it's cool to see them collaborating in this way. Um, I also I wanted to talk about like I. So there's a couple things. One, I think it's cool they're doing this. Two, I think it's interesting the way they're doing it. I, Stephen Hyden on Twitter pointed out that they took the album cover where they're sitting on a couch and uh, Julian Baker's in the middle with her guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, Phoebe Bridgers is sitting on the arm of the couch with mm-hmm. her hands crossed on her legs and Lucy Doc is sitting on the other end. Stephen Hyden pointed out that it, it, it mirrors almost in, like part for part. Crosby Stills and Nash's first album cover. Oh my god, yeah, you're right. And I, oh. I wonder whether that was intentional. Oh, that's very cool. I'm sh- I'm sure it was. And it was probably like, because the idea of, here's like, with these three female singer-songwriters, yep. all from different backgrounds, all doing their own different things, yep. considered sort of tops in the industry yeah. right now, doing their stuff, yeah. like, and now let's let's bring it together and see what they can do. Very um, cool. It is, it, it is super cool to hear like Phoebe Bridgers or Lucy or, or Julian taking lead on one of these songs mm-hmm. and hearing the other two harmonize behind yeah, her. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I actually have like kind of high hopes for this album. I do too. And it's interesting that we're talking about this in the same episode we just talked about yeah. how these types of collaborations always kind of disappoint. Something I get the feeling one. that if if there's one that's going to be good, it's going to be this one. Well, but I mean the thing is is like you got to look to it where they're at because like with with Aaron Dessner and Bonnie Ve- and Justin Vernon, like they've already kind of reached the mountaintop. True. Like the most successful of these three, Julian she, Baker, by a little over Lucy Dacus. Like I would say over Phoebe Bridgers. Phoebe Bridgers is sneaky blowing up this year. She's blowing up. I mean, Lucy D- put up, like has has sort of gotten pretty popular. Like we could look on Spotify. I I think that they're all relatively even. I think that, no, I think they are. I think Julian's probably the most. Yeah, I think popular. so. I think so. Um, let's check out, I'll check out Phoebe's. You okay. check out, uh... Lucy, Familiar Places, 8 million listens. Because I believe that was on an episode of 13 Reasons Why. Dude, it's so weird. I go on to some of these artist pages that, like, we listen to, and I'm like, whoa, why does this song have, like, 35 million plays? And it's on a show. It's like, oh, it's on a Netflix show. Or it's, like, on something. Um, and it's weird because I'll see like my little sister listening to it. I'm like, oh hell yeah, she's listening to Lucy Dacus. Like that's awesome. And she's like, oh, I heard it on 13 Reasons Why. I like, think it's oh okay, that's I, cool. But I gotta say, man, I think in fact, not only are you right, I think Phoebe Bridgers might even be the most popular. So Scott Street has eight million. Yep. Motion Sickness six. Smoke Signal seven. And yeah, it goes that's down no joke, man. That's but that's bigger Roller than Roller has six. Um, to yeah. have all of those up in the millions. Yeah, what's Julian at? I'm gonna though? take a peek. Julian's got okay. Appointments has seven million. Turn, Turn out the, the lights, lights has three. three. Something has almost seven. Sprained. Out. You know what I think is tough though is a lot of her popular songs are the ones she's put out recently. I bet if you saw the stats for um, 
for sprained ankle, they'd all be around like four or five million. So I think across the board, Julian might be more popular. Yeah. Um, but the other two, not not far behind. Um, yeah, Phoebe Bridgers has really kind of exploded in a way I did not expect. Well, which it, is cool because. Um, Stranger in the Alps is a really good album, man. It and is like, really good. I, I still go back to that. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's some good songs on here. I would rather listen to that than uh, Turn Out the Lights, to be honest with you. Now, is it the case, or did I imagine or just like look wrong? Did she take her first EP off Spotify? Because I don't think you can find it anymore. Uh, no, it's still there. Oh, it's it is? the Killer EP. Oh. Yeah, it's Killer. It's the version of Georgia that I like better actually. Yep. Uh Killer Georgia and Steamroller. It's still on there. All good songs. Yeah. Um, that EP was cool. But um, yeah, so which of these three songs do you like the best? Who do you think had the uh the strongest output here? I I have my answer. I I think it's the Lucy song. Okay, on first listen and I've I've only listened to each Bite of the, the hand is I've, the one. I've listened to each of them once. The one that jumped out at me right away is Me and My Dog, which is the Phoebe song. That's my second favorite. Um and I honestly dude, like I'm excited for this album because I'm looking forward to doing this kind of analysis. Yeah. And and track Ooh. by track being yep. like, "Oh, Julian yep. got one here." Like Yes, really, yes, yes. I'm going to be I'm you, I'm excited just for that. Just because of the nature of the type of people we are, we will be keeping a tally of who <laughs> yes. wins the album. Yes, we will. We will. We definitely definitely will. Um yeah, so I'm excited for that one. Do you know when it comes out? I I don't, but let me check really quick. Uh while you're checking, Jake, I'll give you a quick um release radar here so uh spiritualized uh is coming out with an album called and nothing hurt it's getting lots of good press here uh i've never listened to spiritualized this is one of those artists um jason pierce is the, is the guy behind it uh has been putting out albums for like decades now yeah um i think I, i've heard a few songs i've never listened i know very well reviewed uh but just one of those where like i haven't listened this one I've been hearing where it's like he has no business putting out a record this good at this stage in his career. So I, I think I might check it out. I, I really like the album art. It's like this uh, spaceman um, like with oh, like the sun so behind cool. him. Yeah, that's and the awesome. album's called And Nothing Hurt, which I think is just like a cool album title. So I think on the strength of that alone, I think I might give it a listen. Dude, I gotta say like album art Album titles do matter. They're they do. Interesting. They really, they're, really they're, do. They're a part of the art. There's a reason Hoobastank didn't stick around. Um, <laughs> really quick note, and then I also have a release radar. Uh, Boy Genius, that album comes out November 9th. Oh, okay. So we have some time still. We have time. We have time. Okay. Another release radar, dude, is Paul McCartney is dropping Paul a new album McCartney. tomorrow. Paul McCartney. Egypt Station. Yeah. He is 76 years old. Wow. What a legend, man. Wow. Did you happen to listen to that single? It was I was like fa you or something. No, like, I, I didn't. I didn't listen to it either. But I didn't listen to that one. I listened to the the come on to me and the other one. And okay. I was like, I was like, look, it, this is seventy six year old Paul. Yeah, he could shit in a bag and yeah. throw it in the street, and I'd be like, look at him. He'd be like, this is great. He's yeah. a beetle. Yeah, look at him doing his thing. We are. It is surreal that he's still putting out albums that are like quality. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna listen. Yeah, he's the man. Like to me, at this point, like with Paul, it's like I'm gonna listen to the album, and. I probably won't love it. I probably right. will like parts of it. Yeah. But for me, it's just like, dude. None of it's going to be bad. No, and I just have this 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 perspective on him where I'm like, he's just a fucking treasure. Yeah. Like, you just got to, we, yep. we've still got him, and yep. that's a, like a gift. Are you going to cry when he dies? Uh, I don't know. I don't cry about almost anything. I know. I, I will, like, 
like the emotional part of me will want to. Right. Um, but I have no idea. Yeah. Who, who knows when that will even be, dude? He's in like dude. He might shape. outlive us. He might, man. Like, say he lives to hundred, because who had would have better resources That'd be to do fucking it? Fucking awesome if he lived to hundred. We get another quarter century of Paul McCartney, like telling Beatles stories. <laughs> yes. And you know, I met John outside. The, he was in the Quarrymen. <laughs> It's like, dude, we've heard this song, or yeah. we've heard way, this story. He's 102. You know, the way George got in is he played the riff to Ronchi. <laughs> yeah, we thought, huh? <laughs> That's good. You know what I mean? You know, he tells the stories, yes. and he does that little, oh, yeah. and we thought, oh, oh. get him, get him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he does that, like, whisper, yes. oh like, excited God. whisper, the Paul whisper. Dude, he's uh, the best. And, like, he I, hope the he best. Lives to a, I hope he outlives me. I hope you know what the thing is, like, as much as it sucks that John and and George are, are gone, um, if there's one Beatle you want left to be giving interviews till they're 102, it's Paul. Yeah, because it, I agree with you, and I think that um, he's like the best, most natural showman. Yeah, I will say in the 70s, John had a nice little run in the New York t- talk show right, circuit, right? Where he like kind of came into his own and figured out like, oh, I like doing this yeah. and like I can be entertaining on it. Did you know, by the way, that Paul and John went on the Tonight Show in like 1968, uh, like as the Beatles still, like they just went on together and did this no, appearance. It, no. I guess it's like a notoriously bad one. You can't find good footage of really, it. yeah. Um, but it's them like looking white album ish. Interesting. Which I would love to fucking see. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, also, last thing, actually, while we're on the topic of, of Beatles stuff, I at a bookshop I was at, I bought a couple. I always look for Beatles sections oh, sure. to see what they have. And I found this, uh, like, I don't know if it's a first edition or whatever, but it's the original print of this book called The Lives of John Lennon. Uh-huh. And I it, that title rang a bell, and I sort of flipped through it a little bit. I was like, I'm going to buy this. And so I wikipedia it, and it's like, the most notoriously negative biography of John really? ever written. Um, and it huh. is also like, I guess a lot of it is largely not well reported and unsubstantiated. Wow. In the parts I was reading alone, like in the first chapter, he was talking about how John was anorexic. Really? And he was like, he'd long been anorexic since someone called him the fat beetle in the mid 60s. Whoa. But like, again, like I was reading on Wikipedia and it was like, Paul McCartney said so much of the book is false. Yeah. Like everyone who knew John spoke out yeah. about it. People referenced in the book spoke out about okay, it. Okay, okay. It's fascinating. Like what could just get printed? I <laughs> dude, I know. Well, Trump would tell you. You know, oh, like man. this, but this Woodward book. Um. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, we got. Hey, where it's still happening today, Jake. That's the thing with with John is it's a troubling uh, legacy. You don't know what know. to believe. Shrouded in mystery. Mystery and like abuse, which yeah, fucking blows, dude. It is a bummer. So yeah, I have that book now. It's like I kind of wish I didn't have it. Well, it's interesting to flip through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, yeah. So anyways, just cool. a side note. Very cool. Very interesting. Uh, I think that about does it for this show. Uh, we'll we'll come back over the fall with uh, some good like top ten list episodes and things like that. We've been meeting to get around to that. We will for sure. Um, so yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks everyone.
job searching is so fucking stressful. Yeah. Like, updating your resume, sending it in, writing a fucking cover letter that is tailored to the job. Who's, who is the time or energy for this? R- well... Cover letters are stupid. It's such a silly, like, game. Co- cover letters are, like, inherently ridiculous. Especially when you, like, don't even, like, really want the job. No, and, like, in the experiences I've had interviewing people for jobs, the cover letter, I, I actively don't look forward to. I'm like, shit. Yeah. Like, I have to read this thing? Yeah. It's all bullshit. I skim it. Oh, yeah. If I read it at all. Right. Right. Depending on the situation. Right. And then it's like... You send it. You send it all in. You're like, okay, I feel pretty good about that. And then you just don't hear anything. And you're like, well, is it because they've already filled the position? Is it because like they hate me and I'm a fraud? Like there's something glaringly wrong in this that I just didn't realize. Like what? Like what is it? And you're just left to not know. Yeah, man, it's it's stressful. Like I remember when I was looking for jobs. Like when I first got out of college, there's so many that I just never heard a thing from. Oh yeah. Yeah, or months and months later, it'd be like we're closing your application for. I remember I applied to like the Lego fact company, <laughs> right? Right, because they were hiring for I don't even know what content writers or something. Yeah, like, that sounds cool. Yeah. Like I would do that. I don't that know. Would be cool actually. Like what the fuck? Where like, are they? They have a factory, I think, in New Hampshire somewhere, no a little a ways up north. Look wow. into it. I don't know, but they. I, I just remember applying maybe to a job or two there, and then yeah. like months later, they're like, "We're closing this entry." It's like, okay, well, you never even considered it. You yeah, never fuck thought you about it. And the thing is, is like when you're in the position of hiring, you do forget about it. Yeah, and you're just like, you like kind of have these people on a string, and you but you're in your day to day. I know, and I think that's the thing that like I forget, and a lot of people forget about jobs is like that's not the number one priority of anyone at right. the place you're applying to it's like they're they'll get to it when they can anyone who when you're going in for an interview it's a rarity in those people's day yeah and it's interrupting shit they have to get done yeah so yeah. like you better be good <laughs> i know you better be worth it you yeah. better like yeah show up. it's true it, which not to it's obviously true. be a, you know but because i'm sure you I, well. I think i'm pretty good at interviews i think once you get me in a room and get me talking people are like oh this person's like pretty smart I think, I I think I do pretty okay with interviews too. Yeah. I definitely am nervous, but like, I I know that the la- the last time I did a job interview, I think it went pretty well. And people yeah. were well, you got the job. Yeah, so. I've, 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 I've <laughs> had, you haven't had to do one since. <laughs> that's true. Uh, I mean, I think some people do get hired not necessarily on the strength of just their interview. Maybe that's not why I got hired. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man, but. Got to go down that whole road. Honestly, it's worth it just to stay at a job that you don't even really like, just to not go through that whole process. Yeah, it's like worth it for that. Yeah, or right because dude, like, yeah, writing cover letters and updating resumes is a pain in the balls, yeah. especially when like, do you do the thing where you have to kind of tailor it for each? Oh yeah, individual entry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially, I mean, especially the cover letter, but even the resume. Yes, I'll bump some stuff up. I'll yes. move some stuff down. Exactly. And the formatting gets all fucked. And you, <sighs> do you do you try and keep your resume to one sheet, or no. do you let it spill? No, I don't care. Yeah, okay. I go over. Yeah, I I've trimmed it. Yeah, but I I'm not worried about it being a one pager. Yeah, I, I don't think that matters as much anymore. No, I because most people are looking at it like 
digitally as a PDF or a Word yeah. document. It's like you're just scrolling down. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's. I it. think it's like pretty common, dude, to have a two page. I think so too. Resume. I think so too. Mine's seven page. It's not too long. Could you imagine? A lot of filler. I'm <laughs> volunteer work from don't my do sophomore that. year of high yeah, school. Like, from from confirmation when I volunteered at the library, which was the easiest fucking volunteer ever. They like didn't have enough work for me to do, so they were like, "Yeah, you can just go." I like stuffed envelopes for them, <laughs> and got to like listen to my iPod, and then like look at like books and CDs for a bit, and then leave. That's like a sad thing about libraries. Like whenever I go to one, like if I, if I ever go to the Manchester Public Library, I feel sort of sad because I'm like these people here. They're like, there's posters up for events that are clearly a little dated. The lamination on them is mm-hmm. fading. Like the it's in they're trying it's a shame that like libraries and those types of events aren't taken advantage of more oh it's a perfect example of humans don't deserve good things because a library is only a good thing yeah it is a free fucking resource yep that the city gives you yep to build community to build knowledge Mm -hmm. To explore any to of like the, the world's yeah. books. Yep. There's computers there if you need them. There's access to all kinds of stuff. People just want to get fucked up instead. And They're like, like I'm going to go drink. And people are like, I'm going to go watch the game and yeah. forget. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. like dude, I, the library is a, a wonderful thing. It's like amazing. Yeah. I, I will not maybe ever go again. I know, right? Maybe a couple times. Like, yeah. if, if we have a kids one day, like, they'll probably, like, have a, an event there at some point. I'll be like, I remember the library. And it'll be this thing where I'm like, I end up talking to all my friends. Like, you know what? I've, I've forgotten how library. great the library is. I renewed my card. I'm going to start going. Right. And, and then you'll go one more time. I'll go, like, again the next week. Maybe again three weeks later. Mm-hmm. Then not again. Right. And I'm like, yeah, like, I was overdue with a couple books. It's more of a pain in the ass than it's worth. I gotta get over there. I didn't finish the book. I don't finish any books anymore. Nothing I, I want to do. 35 cents and overdue books. It's like, it's more of a nuisance to go to pay it than it is to, to owe the money. Hey, right. right. I mean, like, dude, how far overdue could you have a library book before it would put a meaningful dent in anything? Like, years, probably. And, like, they're not gonna track you. Well, Mr. Bookman from Seinfeld would. would. But he um, is a fictional character, right. luckily. Meant for laughs. <laughs> so, yeah. Played for a gag. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. So luckily, we probably wouldn't have to deal with that. Uh, are we on episode 129? We are. Coming up on 130. And two weeks in a row, which for this, hey. this summer is, uh, is yeah, quite a bit man. for us to string together. It's been a long time since we've recorded here. Yeah, it has, hasn't it? Because yeah. we did the July, end of July episode at your place, yeah. the end of August episode at your place. I think it was before July was the last time we I did. I think you're right. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, it is. That is crazy. Uh, ready to dive in? Uh, yeah. Jay? Yeah. Jay? Jay? All right. Here we go. Three, two, one.